This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not be afraid any longer, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your belongings and give alms. Provide money bags for yourselves that do not wear out an inexhaustible treasure in heaven that no thief can reach nor moth destroy. For where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. Gird your loins and light your lamps and be like servants who await their master's return from a wedding, ready to open immediately when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds vigilant on his arrival. Amen, I say to you, he will gird himself, have them recline at table, and proceed to wait on them. And should he come in the second or third watch and find them prepared in this way, blessed are those servants. Be sure of this, if the master of the house had known the hour when the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be prepared, for at an hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. Then Peter said, Lord, is this parable meant for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, who then is the faithful and prudent steward whom the master will put in charge of his servants to distribute the food allowance at the proper time. Blessed is that servant whom his master on arrival finds doing so. Truly I say to you, the master will put that servant in charge of all his property. But if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the men servants and the maid servants to eat and drink and get drunk, then that master's servant's master will come on an unexpected day and at an unknown hour and will punish the servant severely and assign him a place with the unfaithful. That servant who knew his master's will but did not make preparations nor act in accord with his will shall be beaten severely. And the servant who was ignorant of his master's will but acted in a way deserving of a severe beating shall be beaten only lightly. Much will be required of the person entrusted with much, and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. The Gospel of the Lord. There is a lot in all of those readings, even just in that gospel passage from Mark 12, and there is a lot of heat in this building, so I am going to focus on one teaching of Jesus in all of that passage we heard from Luke. That passage from Luke 12 presumably is a collection of separate teachings that Jesus gave at different times of his public ministry that are put together by Luke in one place because there's some connection, but it's not when you read it. A, an excursus with a beginning, a middle, and an end. So this week, when you hopefully pray with that passage, just dive into each separate teaching. It's not a coherent beginning, middle, end unfolding. So, but I'm going to focus on just one part, the final part of what we just heard. The premise here is about stewardship. This should be relatable to almost all of us in this community because we focus so much positively in this parish on the spirituality of stewardship. A steward in the Bible, or a steward in general, is a person who works for somebody else. A steward in biblical times has a master. The master gives gifts to the steward, goods, 
and the master gives expectations, directions of what the steward is supposed to do. The steward knows the master is the master, I am the steward, and I do what the master asks me to do with the goods that belong to the master. The goods I have, the master gives me. They always belong to him. I'm working for him. So in this parable, Jesus talks about one steward who has two possibilities of how he can choose to live his life. The steward is put in charge. He's in a household. There are other servants. The steward is put in charge of distributing the food allowance according to the master's instructions. That's a really important job. Everybody else needs to eat. The steward himself needs to eat. It's a really important position. I actually think getting into the details of this is worthwhile. Whether it's 2,000 years ago or today, everywhere on planet Earth, anybody who's put in charge of food and booze is liable to corruption, right? If everywhere, everywhere that food is involved, there's a temptation to steal the food, your shifty Uncle Hector, you would never put him in charge of the food because you know very well that your shifty Uncle Hector is not going to do fairness in distributing the food. So this steward is clearly trusted by the master. The master goes away. So there are two scenarios in this story that Jesus gives us. The one scenario is that the steward chooses to do what the master tells him to do. He chooses to be faithful, to do what the master tells him to do, faithful to the master, faithful to the other servants, faithful to himself. He chooses to be a person of integrity. He distributes the food, allowances, as he's supposed to. He's faithful and he's prudent. Prudent means he does, makes wise choices. This guy is going to be held accountable. Just on that level of prudence, he's prudent. He recognizes, presumably, that other people deserve to eat. That's prudent. He knows that if he does his part as he should do it, he thrives, the other servants thrive, the master's household thrives, the master thrives. That's prudent. He knows if he does what the master tells him to do, he's going to be rewarded. Faithful and prudent. The master returns. He finds that the steward is using his goods the way he wants him to do it. He sees that he's followed the instructions and he rewards him. He rewards him by putting him in charge of all of his property. That's a really big reward. So I hope you get this. That's about all of us. Every good gift you and I have has been given to us by God. You and I have been blessed to believe the truth that Jesus Christ is the savior of the world. You and I are blessed to be here, whether it's hot or not, trying to grow in his word. I hope every single one of us, whatever age we are, understands here are gifts, concrete gifts God has given me. I have learned some of the teaching of Jesus or a lot of it. I know what I'm supposed to be doing with his gifts in this world, in my family, in this community to help build his kingdom. If Jesus returns today to bring the world to its completion, if I die today and I meet Jesus as my judge, he can find me as a faithful and prudent steward of the gifts he's given me, and he will reward me with eternal life. That is an absolutely possible scenario for every single one of us. That is salvation. Second scenario for the same steward, same guy, not a different person, shifty Uncle Hector. The steward makes a choice. 
The master is delayed in returning, and so he says to himself, he knows what he's doing. He says to himself that he is going to disregard what he should be doing as a faithful and prudent steward. He begins to eat, well, he begins to beat the maidservants and the men servants. So don't get all politically correct on this. 2,000 year ago scenario, one person has the right to beat the servants, the master. He has no right to beat. There's a lot of beating in that. It's always good to have a good beating every once in a while. He puts himself in the master's position and he beats the other servants. He has no right to do that. He has no right to take that authority and to beat other people. Then he begins to eat and drink and get drunk. Shifty Uncle Hector. He, instead of distributing the food and the alcohol fairly, according to the allowance of the master, he takes it for himself and he consumes it for himself. The master returns at an unexpected time and day. He finds what he's been doing and he punishes him severely and assigns him a place with the unfaithful because he is unfaithful. The master in both scenarios is nothing but just. He's nothing but fair. Good behavior deserves a reward in justice and fairness. This unfaithful, imprudent behavior deserves a severe punishment. He's been beating up other people. He's been hogging and other people are suffering as a result of this. This man is severely punished and the master simply affirms who he has chosen to be, an unfaithful person. Please get specific about this this week when you reflect on that. That steward is not just generally bad or kind of sinful or not nice or misguided or in a bad place in his life. He chooses to live a double life. He could quit the household. He could resign his position as steward. He chooses to remain as steward. People in the household know that he's behaving this way. They're getting beaten and they're suffering as a result of this, but he's still the steward. People outside the household, they see him as the steward. He is the steward. He does not leave the position. He is leading a double life. He says, this is who I am, but he's leading a life that absolutely goes against that. That's the depth of the sin here, choosing to lead a double life. When you and I in the church encounter leaders who we find out lead double lives, we are outraged by that, and we should be. When we encounter particularly priests or bishops who have positions in the church, standing up representing Jesus Christ, but turn out to be living lives that are apart from Jesus Christ, we are scandalized and we should be. When you and I in our families find out that our mothers, our fathers, our siblings, our children stand up in church like we're about to do in just a couple minutes and profess publicly that I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, but it turns out that they are living using God's gifts in ways that are absolutely apart from Jesus Christ, we are scandalized and we should be. When we see people anywhere around the planet who identify themselves as Christians, but turn out to be living double lives, we really react deeply to this because why don't they just quit? 
Why don't they renounce their position? Why do they pretend to be disciples of Jesus and lead double lives? We believe that parable, and we believe that people should be assigned a place with the unfaithful. We believe that people should be rewarded by God for goodness, and they should be punished by God for badness, except myself. I believe that so much about you, Tim Lane. I believe it's so much about Shifty Uncle Hector, but me, eh, 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 not so much. Things change in the church, and things change in the world when I apply that teaching first to me, and when you apply that teaching first to you. When I am honest enough that I am living a double life, here are the ways that I am publicly a disciple of Jesus, a practicing Roman Catholic, but in fact I am using God's gifts, concrete gifts, my time, my talent, my treasure, in ways that are antithetical to Jesus Christ. When I start being honest about how I am living a double life, that's how things change. That's how you're not surprised by me later on. I really encourage you this week to take at least that section of that passage seriously, to celebrate and be thankful and be proud of the ways you are living as a faithful and prudent steward, and then spend a lot of time with a mirror about the ways that you're leading a double life. If you can just be honest, if you can just reform, that's how things change. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.